This beer is super good. This might be my new favorite style. Because it's got all those flavors save that it, I love. Save it. Save it. For what? For what? To talk on this. We are. Are we actually in Yeah. It? Oh. I was answering your question. What was my question? How's that beer doing for you? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. How's that beer doing for you? You're going to have to wait again. We're always waiting on you. Hey, welcome back to Sauce Stone Beer Bourbon Barbecue. I'm your host, Kevin. Joined here by my co-host, Alex. Hey, everybody. Alex, it's been a while. Has it been? I don't know. It has been. It has been. You're probably You've been a busy man. Yeah. Um, Hey, we're excited that you're joining us today. We've uh, we've got a good episode for you. Um, We are sitting in your brand new man cave garage. That's right. First time recording out here. It was very hot. And we picked the worst weekend <laughs> to start. Um, hope everybody had a good Memorial Day. Hopefully you ate lots of barbecue. I know mm-hmm. we uh, did a bunch of pulled pork with uh, some smoked provol- or smoked provolone cheese on mm-hmm. top of it. Not provol. Um, only you St. Louis people will know what provol is. I don't uh, even know what it is. Yes, you do. It's what's on Emo's pizza. That's all I know about it. That's not what it is. Well, it's a blend of cheeses. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's a, it's a secret emo's blend. Yes, of it's delicious. White um, but no, uh, we did uh, we did some pulled pork with some provolone cheese on top. Uh, that cheese is uh, from our friend Jeff, uh, owner of Super Smokers. So thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. It's super yummy. Oh my goodness, it's so good. Um, but today we're sitting out here uh, enjoying some delicious nachos that she made for us, Alex, uh, with some smoked chicken, and we are trying four different beers. From a local brewery here in St. Louis, Schlafly. Um, this is a really exciting box. It's their commemorative first moon landing box. Uh, so all the beers are space themed. And it's the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. The first moon landing? The first moon landing, okay. yes. So is there a different theme for each bottle? Yeah, so right now we'll kind of go through as we would try them okay right now we're doing the liftoff lager they're all lagers um so a little bit easier to drink uh i think not as dark but there is one darker lager that we're going to try in a little bit Ooh. it's a black lager Ooh. um i love this lager this this smells like summer to me this one's really good uh lagers in my experience can they, they can often be kind of bland. And bland isn't a fair word. They can be mild. Lacking in flavor. Yeah. And sometimes that's fine. That's what I want. I want to be able to drink a lot. And if I want to be able to just drink a lot without having to savor and mull over every little sip, trying to get all the flavors out, like it's, it's <laughs> I guess it feels like a, a low commitment beer to drink, a style of beer. But this one has a lot of flavor for a lager. It's it's a good summer beer. Yeah. It's almost, I, I wouldn't say it's got a citrusy flavor, but almost. It's It's got... Like they added a tiny bit of zest at the end and like yeah, it's lemony, almost there. Like a lemony. Yeah, almost. Um, it reminds me a lot of their summer lager, their regular lager that they mm-hmm. put out every year. Um, but it's definitely hazy. It's got some haze to it. Um, 
I would even say along that lemony line, it's got almost a little apricot kind of taste to it. A little bit of that, those sweeter fruits. Maybe peachy? Yep. But I agree with that. It's a good summer beer. Yeah, it's very yummy. Um, so, Alex, tell us about these nachos you made, too. Because, like, we're, we're kind of thinking, like, what would be a good show for today? But we really think summer beers and, you know, smoked foods. I think mm-hmm. it's a great summer start, kickoff to the summer almost. Yeah. And I do this all year round, but it does fit the season. So this is something I've done a couple of times because it's super yummy. Um, all I did is I smoked chicken. This time I went with thighs, partially to try something different and partially for the cook time because they cook a little bit faster because they aren't as thick. What do you normally go with? Usually I'll do chicken bread. Well, actually, normally what I'll do is I'll get a whole chicken and I'll spatchcock it and I'll smoke the whole thing. And I'll use the breast meat for the nachos. Um, but I didn't have time to do that. Why don't you explain real quick what spatchcock means to those? Yes. So all it really means that I might be getting it wrong. So if you know better, correct me, um, is you take a whole chicken, you cut the spine out and you basically cut it in, not cut it in half. You open it up so that it'll lay flat. It makes for more even cooking. Almost butterfly it. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of butterflying the whole thing rather than like butterflying a breast. Um, so yeah, it makes it easier to smoke, easier to season, easier to brine. And then I like to save those spines to make chicken broth, make super yummy chicken broth, which is partially why I like doing it. So I can have those as leftovers. So this chicken you did, it's the thigh. Mm-hmm. Obviously you're going to get a lot more juice, a lot more of that bone marrow because the thighs are so thick. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I like to go bone in, skin on. When yeah. I'm smoking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you can get it without it, and that's fine. They're easier to cook. They're easier to cut up afterwards. But I think the extra flavor you get, especially over a slow, a low and slow cook from the skin and the bone, makes a big difference. Yeah, and I think, too, like, I mean, just trying this, you don't even need to have the skin on once you serve it, but that skin, I think, just helps protect all that moisture inside the chicken. Yeah, for sure. And especially because chicken's leaner, you, do, you don't have... Um, marbling like you would in uh, a brisket or even pork, some pork. And so I think that adds a little bit of that extra um, unctuousness. Protection, almost. Yes. I don't know what unctuous means. It's a word I've been trying to use more often. I don't know what it actually means. When I say it, I mean... Then why would you use it? Because I like the way it sounds. And when I say it, I mean fatty and savory. That's what it means to me. Unctuous That's to what you. Unctuous means to me. I'm glad you clarified it because, like, that might mean something completely different. One of our listeners might be like, "Did he really say unctuous with this?" No, well, again, correct me if I'm wrong. We're all we're all learning here. So you did your chicken. How long did you do it for? So these only took two and a half hours to get to temperature. Um, I let them sit in there another half hour um, as the I just let the fire die down, or I just left them in there. Um, Partially to kind of kick off the rest and to pick up whatever little bit of smoke flavor in there. Uh, so it didn't take very long, which was nice because again, I did not have a lot of time. While you're telling us about this, um, my beer has emptied. Um, I should empty mine. Yeah. So continuing on our journey through space, uh, we've done the liftoff. Now we're going to Apollo's orbit. And then you can finish telling us about your nachos after that, too. Okay. Um, this is a... Black lager, so really dark. We'll see. Oh, that was so disappointing. Um, bottle pop. Yeah, bottle pop. 
This is a black, uh, black auger. I haven't had this one yet. I had the liftoff. I've had the other couple. Um, but I haven't tried this one, so I'm excited to try it. Oh, man. That's pretty. It is really pretty. Pass the bottle over to you now. It looks like a brown ale. Just to kind of give our listeners a little bit of a, a picture of the... What? <laughs> I went to smell it, and I'm like, oh, wait, I'll smell it once I have the mic back so I can talk about it. So I pulled the mic back, and I went and smelled the mic, <laughs> which does not smell as good as this. It probably bottle. smells like beer and barbecue and some bourbon in there. And yeah, I, and yeah, I guess so, that's the best thing you could ask for when smelling a pop filter. So this beer, this is extremely dark. I mean, when they say black lager, they're not kidding. It is a black lager. You can just have the rest of that over there. Thank you. Um. I didn't know there were such things as black lagers. Because, like, when I think of lagers, I always think of something very light, crisp, very clean, you know? Yeah, so I was going to ask, do you, do you know what makes it a black lager? Is there any sort of, like, criteria that you the need to meet? Or is it just color? Is that it? I, I don't know. Um, why don't you try it over there? I'll, I'll look to see if I find anything on a black lager. Okay, let's see. It's got a great head on it. Very foamy. It's got a very strong flavor. It's really good. What is that flavor? I can't put my finger on it. Coffee. Coffee oh. and chocolate. Yeah. That's what it is. Huh. So black lagers are actually Schwarzbitters, which is black beer in German. Okay. Um, and it's similar to a stout, but it's made from roasted malt. So they take the malt and they roast it compared to a lager uh, where they're not going to roast it as much. Um, it's kind of like a cooked lager. Yes. Ah, oh, it's super good. So, yeah, this is really good. I mean, it's... I was worried a little bit that this was going to be hard to drink because, I mean, it's hot out here, but it's not. It's it's very refreshing. Yeah, I was going to say that. It's It's got the flavors of a stout, which I love, coffee mm-hmm. and chocolate, but it's not heavy at all like a stout. No. Which no. makes stouts really hard to drink, again, when it's hot or the while summer you're months. eating. Yeah. Ah, this, I like that a lot. This is really good. Um it's almost got a little bit more aromatic type hops to it. Like mm-hmm. you get a lot more of that, that roastedness, obviously from the malt, but you also get that chocolate, almost like a fresh brewed pot of coffee, you know? Yes. I'm getting a lot of that on the nose. But taste-wise, I mean, all I taste is chocolate and coffee in this. And it's um, really but it's, re- it's refreshing. Yeah. I think that's the big thing. It goes well with your nachos, actually. Thank you. Um, so you make chocolate coffee nachos. Uh, Dessert nachos? Okay, with a scoop of ice cream. Oh, okay. I'll figure that out. Work on that for us. We'll put you and Roger on that. Yes. So you did your chicken. You said you did it for about two and a half hours or so? It's a total of three hours, um, which was perfect. Um, And then, so I took it off, and I put them in a, a closed container with a little bit of butter on each piece. Which I always like to do when I do poultry. Why? Uh, again, for the same reason, chicken or poultry in general is just leaner. And so I've found I enjoy adding more of that fattiness just because it, it hits you know the fatty flavor profile. Um, which usually when you're cooking barbecue, depending on what you're doing, you don't have added fat with whatever you're eating it with because... Stuff like pork and beef is already so fatty. 
And so having that in there along with the spices that you season it with, the pepper, the paprika, the cayenne that goes on the chicken, having that fattiness to mellow everything out makes it a much fuller flavor. And I guess that's too why if you watch Aaron Franklin's Thanksgiving, how to prepare a Thanksgiving feast Mm -hmm. video on YouTube, I'd highly recommend you watch it. Just not while you're hungry because it's incredible. (laughs) Um, He takes a full pound of butter. And just smothers it on the outside of his chick or yep. on his turkey. That's where I picked that up from. Oh my goodness, it's so good. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, you can take or leave that depending on what you're cooking it for. Um, but in general, I, I almost always do it. It it never it's never hurt. What seasonings did you put on your chicken? I kept it pretty simple. It was mostly an even mix of salt and black pepper, with maybe like. A quarter of that amount, paprika and garlic powder, just to get a little flavor and a little color. But I knew I'd be adding it to nachos, so there wasn't much of a point in putting too much flavor on it. And it's funny you say that because, like, I just ate a piece of chicken, and I really can taste the paprika on it. Like, it, it's it's there. It gives it a, a little bit extra of that smokiness mm-hmm. that I think wood just can't give meat. Um, it's almost like that super blend between like something spicy. But at the same time, something really enjoyable. Um, yeah, I always like to spice my again my chicken a little bit more because it doesn't have a ton by itself. But knowing that I was going to put it in nachos with jalapenos and cilantro and queso, I didn't need a whole lot of extra flavor. Yeah. Um, so going on through your nachos, so you did the chicken. Um, chips, you just did your regular store-bought chips. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was telling you while you were, we were kind of preparing and prepping all this, uh, I just had nachos the other day uh, down in Columbia, Missouri, that were made from fried wonton wrappers. Ooh, that sounds so sounds like really it good. was the perfect chip. It was light, but at the same time, it was able to withhold like a, a large dip of cheese and chicken. And hmm. I had pulled pork on it. Like I mean, it just it held up well. Like because you know sometimes you get nachos and they just pile everything on it, and then you get soggy chips. Yeah, and then it's like. Crap, you know, I've got to use a fork to eat the rest of this. But right. this held up the entire way through it. I'm it was surprised. so good. Huh. I, I definitely would recommend doing it again uh, or making it your own. I mean, yeah. so good. Uh, but your queso. So, yeah. Because you're the king of cheeses as well. Oh, uh, thank you. I'm I'm proud of that. I love cheese. So, queso. Let, let's talk queso. Queso, I... let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in the right mood that that worked. That was funny. Two beers in? <laughs> it's, it's like one beer total. It's two half a beers. So queso, I used to make, I I do the typical Velveeta and um, what's that thing? What's that can of? Rotel. That's it. Which is good. It's definitely good. But when I was like, I want to see if I can make it more from scratch like I do with everything. And it's it's surprisingly easy. And honestly, if you take the time to try it, and once you learn it, you'll never go back to Velveeta and Rotel. Not that it's bad, but you can just customize it so much that it, it makes a huge difference. Um, so what I like to do when I make queso specifically for nachos... Queso, let's do it. <laughs> it's not funny the second time. Yes, it is. You laughed. <laughs> I laughed at the attempt. Anyway, it's it's. He remind me of a chemistry teacher I had in high school who made the worst jokes, but I laughed just because I always appreciated the attempt. Well, I appreciate it. You're welcome. So, when I make queso for nachos, 
I'll start off by mincing a red onion, jalapeno, and garlic. And I will saute the jalapeno and the onion and olive oil just a little bit. And not not a ton of either of them. So maybe like a tablespoon of minced onion and jalapeno. And until it gets soft, then I add in the garlic and let that sit for like 30 seconds because garlic cooks really fast. You don't want to burn it. So once that's done, that's when I add in the butter and the flour for the roux. And mix that up, and then you add the milk. So it's it's usually about one tablespoon butter, one tablespoon flour to a cup of milk is a good ratio. And I've bumped that up two or three times, and it and it still works. Um, and then I think the one thing you have to tell our listeners is you got to always make sure you're stirring that roux. Yes, constantly. it burns so quick. Low temperature, medium to low tops, but low temperature, you stir the whole time. Um, once I add, you add in the milk and then you need to incorporate everything because it'll start to thicken up. And then once it's there, I'll add um, some seasonings. So I added a little paprika, a little cumin, a little cayenne pepper. Um, and I let that sit for a couple minutes to have all those flavors kind of merry. And that's when I add my cheese, which varies a little bit, but I almost always use a Monterey Jack as a base because it's got a good flavor and it melts really well because it's a pretty soft cheese. It's a good blend, too, of that Monterey Mm -hmm. and that Jack cheese. Like, it's a little bit of that spiciness, but creaminess, too. Right. Because you could get creamier cheeses, like cream cheese or mozzarella, but it it doesn't have the right flavor. So I found Monterey Jack works really well, and then I'll usually add something with a little bit more flavor, like a sharp cheddar. Either a yellow or a white works fine. I used yellow this time. Um, And that's usually about a cup, cup and a half to a cup of milk. I just ate a jalapeno. My mouth is on fire. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, you let that sit for a couple minutes. It it really doesn't take that long. And it's super good. I mean, and I think a good queso is one that can hold up with a nacho. It can hold up with a pretzel. You can throw it on a burger. I mean, those are all good things that make a queso. Um, And I was thinking about, you know, while you were talking about all the stuff that kind of goes into your queso. You doing okay over there? Okay. Throwing bottles around? It's fine. Um, I think queso is one of those things like everybody thinks that it has to be that yellow cheese to be a queso. But you can do whatever you want. I mean, I've seen a pepper jack queso, which we might need to try that. We do need to try that. Um, how's your beer going over there? This beer is super good. Black lager might be my new favorite style. Because like we said, it's got those flavors that I love, but it's it's light. It's refreshing still. You could drink two of them and yeah. not feel like a stout, like you've got a belly full of bread, you know, right. or, or, you know. Yeah, it's really good. And, and, and you're right, it does kind of go with the nachos. It adds that sweetness that balances out yeah. the fatty spiciness of the nachos. So let's go on to our next one. Um, obviously, we're keeping with the space theme because Schlafly did a fantastic job with that, which I would highly recommend anybody who comes to St. Louis to try Schlafly beer. Um, it's it's so good. It's so much different than AB. Because um, I think that's what everybody thinks. Like, when you come to St. Louis, that's the only beer we have. But we have so many fantastic Is breweries. that what people think? I guess it's because I live in St. Louis and I'm used to all the yeah. craft breweries around here. I think the out-of-town people think that. Because I always forget about AB. <laughs> Yeah, um, but this is their Eagle Has Landed uh, lager. This is a lot. This is definitely the uh, cleanest beer so far. I mean, like, I can hold it up. I can see you. I'm waving at you. Uh, but I think this definitely looks 
when I think of a logger, this, this is, is a what logger. I picture. Yeah. yeah, this is a classic logger. Now that being said, it still has a lot of flavor. Um, it doesn't have the citrusy fruitiness that the first one did. What was the first one called? That was Liftoff Lager. Gotcha. But it's still got a good weedy sweetness that's really yummy. I taste some orange in this. Do you? Yeah. I don't know if that's just my palate fried from your jalapenos. That's possible. I wouldn't have said orange. This kind of reminds me of like a filtered blue moon. Maybe a little. Okay. On the finish. Yes. I'm getting that on the finish. Yes. Yes, I agree with you. So far, though, if I, I'm ranking them, like, just out of the three we've done, I definitely like the Orbit, the Apollo Orbit, that's the dark beer, mm-hmm. the Liftoff Lager, and then this third. See, um, I would put this second and the Liftoff third. Really? But I'm not a big fan of a lemony-flavored beer. Okay. And it didn't have a ton, so I liked it, but I've had, like, summer shandies that are usually pretty heavy lemon. Oh, I, I don't, don't really care yeah, for those. I don't care for shandies at all. Um, so... Continuing on your journey through our nachos as well, because, you know, this is kind of one of those podcasts where right. we just sit and drink beer and talk nachos. Which, there's really nothing better in life. No. So I just talked about the queso, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I highly recommend everybody try that. If you enjoy making queso, try queso, this. Queso, let's do it. <laughs> I'm not going to laugh this time. So once that's done, then it's just whatever else you want on top. So we've got queso, we got chicken. Really, that's all you need. My go-to toppings, though, are as follows. I will make black beans, and I make them, I boil them, I, I just get cams, and I'll boil them with um, some red onion, salt, and lime juice. And that's what they do at Kudo, but that's where I picked that up from. Because you used to work there. You were the right. best burrito roller ever. I can rap. I'm mean burrito. And so I'll add that to it. And then I will get a full a whole jalapeno and slice it really, really thin. I think that, too. I want to talk about that like as well. So let's talk about it. Let's the reason I do it. that, and you can tell me what you think. The reason I slice it really thin is because typically in a pepper, the membrane on the inside of the pepper and the seeds in the pepper are what add the heat to it. And normally, jalapenos are really hot. If you leave all that stuff in there, it sometimes can take away from, from the flavor. But I found if you slice it, like literally as thin as you can with a knife and you spread them out and then you bake them. It cuts down on the heat, but it leaves all the flavor there. And so that's what I do. I'll add all those hot ingredients. I'll put them all in a cast iron and I'll like make a layer of nachos. Then I'll add more chips and make another layer of nachos. And then I'll put it in the oven at like 400 degrees for five minutes just to melt everything. It's really good. I like the crunchiness of the jalapeno but i don't like that membrane outsideiness part of it you know what i mean like the uh-huh. thing so that's why i like what you did because it gives me that jalapeno taste but it's not like i'm sitting there chewing on a jalapeno the mm. whole time like it's enough to where that it's really just adds that little bit of essence to it yeah that was one of those things where it was just it was an experiment i Thought I'd slice it real thin just to see how it went because I had been like clearing out the membrane and dicing them up. And one, that takes a long time. And two, it almost cuts out the flavor so much that it's like, what's the point of even putting it on there? Yeah. So I gave it a shot and it, it worked really well. So I do that every time. Now. And I think that it allows you to have really good queso that gets over the top of those jalapenos because sometimes I feel like 
the jalapenos never really absorb that queso and you get a bite and it's like holy crap i just ate jalapeno queso you know what i mean but mm. like it blends so well um i don't feel like i'm eating vegetables too which i'm always a big fan of good you know because it's good to eat vegetables but you don't have to know you're eating vegetables right so then you do everything in the cast iron skill which i think is incredible um it's really good i, I don't remember where i saw that I just I, I think it might have been on one of those tasty videos, you know, where they just put all the ingredients and chop them up real fast. Um, but I saw them do it. I'm like, that seems like a neat idea. I'll give that a shot, and and it's it's really good. And then it's just fun to eat out of a cast iron pan, and it makes better pictures. Well, and I think too, it warms up the chips too. Like yes. I think that's something that people don't think about. Like just that's a good point. little bit of warmth on those chips just can change the entire dip. I think. Well, change the entire nacho, not dip. But I think it keeps your queso liquefy a little bit longer. Uh-huh. And, you know, if that, that makes sense. Well, uh, yeah, it, it keeps stuff from falling off the chip. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes I'll, I'll add, like, a little bit of extra shredded cheese even on top of the queso. One, just because you can't have too much cheese, and it helps everything kind Unless of stick together. Unless you're lactose intolerant. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, we're praying for you if you are. That's a real bummer. Yeah. Should we move on to our last beer? Well, I might as well finish this because the last thing that I do, personally, me, is once that's all done, I'll make a little bit of guacamole, put that on top. It's perfect. Anything you add to your guacamole? So I, again, I picked this up from Qdoba, and sometimes I take or leave ingredients, but the the Qdoba recipe is avocado, diced tomatoes, chopped red onion, cilantro, salt, and lime juice. Okay. Um, sometimes, and that's what I did this time is I'll, I'll leave the tomatoes and the onion. Um, I don't normally like red onion unless it's cooked in some way. I don't like it fresh. And then tomatoes can add a nice juiciness if you cut them up enough, but just for time's sake, I left that out. And so it's just avocado, lime juice, cilantro, and salt. You know, what's funny is as you said, lime juice, you know what I realized that you didn't say that you put in your queso? Lime juice. Lime juice. You're right. I've totally forgot about that. And you made a really good point at how that affected the flavor. Like, when I was tasting it, it added... Because, you know, I feel like queso is very basic, like, when you're talking chemistry type. Yeah, because it's, it's all fat. It's milk, you know? Like, it's it's fat and all that base. That little squirt of lime juice you put at the end adds something so much more to it. Um and I don't even know, kind of, like, it, it just balances everything out. Um, and I didn't even taste the lime juice as, a, like, in a lime, but more as an acidic-y kind of taste. As I've been trying to learn more about cooking, just as a hobby, um, I've been reading and watching stuff that talks about some of those basic flavor profiles. I think I've talked about this before, but you got your fats, sweet, salt, acid, savory. Yeah. I think that's I if that's not exactly right that's that's essentially what you're looking for and what I've noticed is some of the best meals have a blend of all of those things and so I I try and keep that in mind because if you cook it right and you blend it well it makes a big difference so like these nachos we've got Oh, bitterness. Bitterness is another one, which you get from the spiciness of the jalapenos. You get acidity from the lime juice. You get the savoriness and the fattiness from the cheese and the milk and the roux. Um, the saltiness from the chips and just from the spices and seasonings I do you put in there. And it, it, it makes a big difference when you have all of those in there. 
and you blend them well. And that's something else that baking it in the cast iron in the oven does is it gives all those different flavor profiles a chance to blend together a little bit. Give them time to talk to each other, see yeah. how they're doing. Exactly. You know, party it up a bit. They need to be friends. And if they're friends in the cast iron, they'll be friends in your mouth. They'll be friends in your stomach. <laughs> so we moved on to our last beer here because obviously, you know, I mean... I think all these beers have gone so well with your nachos. And I think kind of like what you were talking about just a minute ago, I think pairing food with beer as well is so important too. Like you were talking about all those different tastes and all that in the nachos. I think you get that with beer too. Mm -hmm. Um, You get those blends. This is the Dunkel. um, This is the Moonwalk Dunkel. So if you paid attention, we've actually done these in the order of the Apollo 11 mission. We did liftoff. Then we did Apollo Orbit. Then we did The Eagle Has Landed. Now we're on the Dunkel Moonwalk. Mm -hmm. Um, Hold that up for me, that bottle, just so I can make sure I get the right name of it. Yeah, Moonwalk Dunkel. So Dunkel Lager is just a way to say it's a a dark beer. Normally it's a red-colored beer, um, German style. uh, And it's it's got a malty flavor to it. So you'll get that maltiness in it. this is not as dark as the Schwartz beer or the black beer, um, but I like the nose on this one a little bit better. It's got more of more of a hoppy type nose rather than like the Schwartz beer had more of a coffee style mm. dark nose, you know, chocolate. Um, I feel like the Apollo's Orbit, the Schwartz beer, the black beer, that'd be a really good one to pair with a dessert or pair with something spicy like your nachos. Mm -hmm. This one I could just drink on its own. Like, I feel like I could have this with a steak or something like that or a cheeseburger, you know, something that's a lot of protein, a lot of meat, a lot of just, you know, rich flavor kind of. Does that make sense? It does because it it tastes... If I was putting it toward any of those flavor spectrums, it's close to the bitter side. Mm-hmm. And so that would, it's a little bitter and a little sweet. And that would pair well with the savoriness of like a thick steak or a burger or something like that. I think, and if I think about the other two, those are really good for like cutting the grass. Like after you get done cutting the grass, I want something light. I want something airy. I want something just enjoyable. You mm-hmm. know, I, I just spent... I don't know, however long outside cutting the grass, I don't want to have something that's going to feel like I just ate a freaking pound of bread, you know? Right. But at the same time, it is more, it's more filling and flavorful than the other lighter lagers. Yeah. I think, and I would highly recommend, if you can get a pack of this, the space lager, I would totally recommend it. I think it is so well, really well done. I mean, I think... Schlafly has knocked it out of the park with this. And I think to make all of them loggers, but have every single one be different. Very different. Very different. Surprisingly yeah. different. Because like when you think lager, I think one style of beer. You yeah. know? I think Sam Adams Boston lager. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's when I think of lager, which is that's a darker lager and all that kind of stuff. But all their stuff tastes very similar. This is completely different. Um, so if you were gonna rank them, Alex, what would you rank them as? So I would do the black lager first. That's the Eagle has landed. Uh, or is no. that, was that the orbit? That's the Apollo's orbit. Yeah, Apollo's orbit. So black lager. Then I would do the um, Eagle has landed. Okay. 
uh, which was the more traditional lager lager. And I'm having a hard time with the last two. They're pretty close. I'm going to say this, the Dunkel is, is third, um, just because it's pretty unique. It reminds me a bit of an, a red ale, and I like that, because you don't get a lot of that. Um, I feel like it's a style that doesn't get made very often. And then the last one would be the um, liftoff. Yeah, that was the first one, the hazy right. lager. Yeah. But they're all very good. Like yeah. Those are all very close rankings. I think for me, I think I would do the Apollo's Orbit, the black beer. I think I would put the liftoff next because I like those hazier lagers. I think I would do the Dunkel and then the Eagle has landed last. But I think I'm saying the Eagle has landed last, but not as like a bad one. Like I would totally go drink that one. I'd on get its all own. of these. Again. Oh, yeah. All of them. Um, I'm very happy I have more of these at home because they're so good. You should be. So, Alex, thanks for having me over tonight to thanks try for some coming nachos over. Thanks for bringing beer. the beer. Yeah. Hey, it's always a good time when you get to have nachos and beer together. Um, but as summer's coming up, we just really wanted to kind of do that kickoff episode, you know. Go find a good summer beer and make some nachos. Do pork. Do chicken. Do brisket nachos. All I mean, of those would be great. Oh, yeah. All of them. There's not a bad nacho that you could There's do. There's really not. Um, it's chips and cheese and meat. Yeah. Uh. The only thing I would say is... Don't do store shredded cheese on top of your nachos. Like, make a queso. Make a queso. It's worth it. It doesn't take long. It's totally worth the time. And it it stays good for a while, too. Like, you can make it and then have it for a while as yeah. well. Yeah, so. put it in the fridge. It lasts a long time. Well, Alex, if people want to find you on the interwebs and see pictures of these delicious nachos and beers that we tried tonight, where can people find you? I'm always on Instagram at the.alex.experiment. I'm Kevin, and you can find me at beer underscore bourbon underscore barbecue. Uh, we thank you for checking out our podcast. Ask that you uh, also go check out our Etsy shop as well. We've got some awesome shirts, especially with Father's Day coming up. Uh, get your dad an awesome shirt. Get yourself an awesome shirt. They're super comfy. Oh, my goodness. They're amazing. Um, and then check out Instagram as well. Um, we're going to be having a giveaway coming up. I'm almost to 2,000 followers. So Woo! as soon as we get that, we're going to give away a bottle of uh, whiskey. Um I mean, who doesn't love a free bottle of whiskey? Everyone does. So, Alex, again, thanks for making amazing nachos. Anytime. Um, And thanks for tuning in and listening. Hopefully you uh, go to iTunes or wherever you listen to us, give us a five-star rating, and we hope that you stay sauced on beer, bourbon, and barbecue.